0: Welcome back to Social Soul Podcast. My name is Jess.
1: And I'm Haley. And today we are interviewing Sammy Fisher for the podcast. She's a healer, mental health advocate, and the founder of The Soul Bar, which is a holistic health company that believes we can transform drinking culture and heal the collective through normalizing zero-proof cocktails, providing holistic beverages, and promoting mindful consumption. And I am all about that. By combining her passion for holistic health with her love for a good party, Sammy has been able to nourish, grow, and create a space that can exist independently of alcohol. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Sammy. We're so excited to have you here with us, and there's so much I want to talk to you about Um, So thank you for
2: being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to share space with you today and talk about all things spiritually sober.
1: Yes, and honestly, that's where I want to start this episode off with because I had never heard the term spiritually sober before, so I wanted to ask you like, what that means to you and what that has looked like for you over your
2: sobriety journey. Yeah, I... When that term came to me, I hadn't really heard of it either. So if somebody else has already said that, um, I think we're all just vibing on the same wavelength there. But to me, I think all of us are spiritually sober. It really just means being 100% yourself and being in tune with yourself. And it, it just came from me trying to find the best way to explain my sobriety and what sobriety means to me and why I stay sober. Because- Uh, Of course, I have some horror stories. You know, we've all made these mistakes when we're drinking or whatever it was that we hold shame around and that we feel we wake up the next morning, like the quote that's so common I would have never said that sober. I would have never done that sober. And so, being spiritually sober is really just living in alignment. And I just think that's what sobriety is. It's just living in alignment with your highest self, your truest intentions 100% of the time. And that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect 100% of the time. The ego is going to slip back in. The um, societal conditioning is going to slip back in and all of that. But it just means that you're waking up every day with the commitment to be fully present and aligned with the truest, most authentic version of you. And that's That's really all it means to me and kind of what it has looked like for me is, I mean, I still will go to concerts and party with my friends sober, but it also looks like um, pulling tarot cards because that's something that I like to do and going for walks and sometimes just stopping if I see a really pretty house that I like and just kind of deep breathing and and feeling in the beauty of the house and the energies of the house. It's kind of Living the same way I used to, but at the same time, um, intentionally living slower and taking in those moments that I feel a pull towards versus numbing it and um, numbing all of those feelings that are coming up like I was before I was sober.
1: Yeah. It sounds like you're just able to be more present for the moments too, which is something I've really noticed since I quit drinking. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: um, So, Sammy, were you like always a spiritual person or is did you like your sobriety spark your spirituality? I'm curious.
2: I have always been a spiritual person from the very beginning. I mean, it's in my natal chart as well when you look over my natal chart in astrology. I'm not sure how familiar you guys are. I'm not a professional in it, but your sixth house is your house of job. Your 10th house is your house of career. So in my sixth house, I have um, Uranus and I have um, Jupiter. And then I also in my 10th house have a stellium of Mercury, Mars, and Venus. So I've got a lot of planetary transits in my chart that really point towards community, spirituality, healing, growth, and that. But stepping apart from that and talking about my human experience, really, I my family has always been really supportive of spirituality. It's not that I grew up in a in a household where my mom was like pulling tarot and smoking weed and dancing with herbs. It wasn't <laughs> like that. My mom grew up Catholic and um, I know the Our Father Who Art in Heaven prayer by heart, but I also grew up with my mom saying, I hear voices in water, and there was a cat that used to visit me when I was younger, and it wouldn't let me sleep. It would just purr and play with me, and um, kind of telling me that there's a lineage of women in our Irish ancestry that have these gifts, and that she had it, my grandmother had it, and I remember going to her when I was in high school with my first experience with, I guess, the spiritual world. And that's how she responded to me. (laughs) Like when I said, mom, I can't sleep in my room anymore. I woke up last night and there was a man at the end of my bed. She looked at me and she just said, well, you know, it's in our it's in our lineage. You know, I was like, "Okay, mom, I'll be in the guest bedroom for the next 10 months. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess it was always there, which I think when I tell people that they're kind of like, what? Like, and I thought that was so normal. Like, Oh, you didn't grow up with a mom telling you that she hears voices in water. But um, <laughs> so it was definitely always supportive in there, but I, it wasn't something that we regularly practice as a family. But I mean, I chose that because I firmly believe when you come into this life, you choose your family. So I chose the family with the trauma, the ancestral trauma and addiction that I did to do the work and to do the healing but I also chose a family that was supportive of spirituality and returning back to that so that when the time came that to step into my sobriety and really step into being spiritual and returning to myself and doing the work I kind of had a little bit of that innate support from my upbringing of knowing that it's okay and that this is real this is honest like this is love if that makes sense
0: yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Just so that people don't conf- get confused. And honestly, for my own personal question, natal chart is same as birth chart, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So your natal as soon chart, as you said that, yeah. I was like, oh, is that the same as birth chart? Yes. I'm not sure. But yeah. okay, so I'm super intrigued by like astrology and all of that stuff. But I've literally had nobody to, to teach me anything. And I haven't really like dove super deep mm-hmm. into it. But it is something that's always interested me. Um, and so you just like talking about like the houses and everything. I'm pretty sure like a few weeks ago, I made Haley like download this app so that I could look at like yes, her houses on her birth <laughs> chart. She did. And Haley's like asking me all these questions and I'm like, well, I don't really know what it means, but like I just was interested to look at yours. <laughs> and yep. so we might have to have you look at ours and tell yeah. us
2: something. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not a professional. I honestly started, I've always been obsessed with the stars. I remember when I was younger, I used to – and I've always been so dramatic, like so poetically dramatic. When I was younger, I'd be like, I love the stars because they're always there. Aww, like, I, but I always, I always loved looking up at the stars. And then about three years ago, I got really into following the moon transits and the moon cycles and following what zodiac it was in because um, it, it changes every two to three days and kind of incorporating the energy from that zodiac. And I think that was something – in the beginning of my healing journey that really helped me stay present with each day and stay focused on the energy of each day. And then from there I went into teaching myself and buying books and listening to podcasts all on that about astrology. So in no way am I, uh, is this my career or my professional, but I definitely love it. It's really interesting.
1: Yeah. We'll have to get some of those book suggestions Mm -hmm. from you because I'm super down to read one. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. I would say um, soul shine astrology. Is my favorite podcast, and she's been really helpful. She breaks down um, her name's Natalie, and she breaks down really easily what the houses are and all of that. And she focuses on career astrology, which I think is really interesting. But that's a good place to start.
1: Yeah, I love the idea of like looking at your astrology for your career because I'm all about like doing things in alignment and just like knowing why things are the way that they are and all of that. Not yeah. to
0: get like totally off base with the conversation, <laughs> but I have a million questions popping into my head now about all of this. <laughs> um, when you were mentioning how you like, you know, you saw the man at the end of your bed, um, have any, anything ever like popped up like dream wise for you with like spirituality? Like, have you ever had, you know, done like lucid dreaming or anything of that sort?
2: Yeah, I haven't. I mean, maybe I've done lucid dreaming and I just don't call it that. Um, yeah. But I've always had very, very vivid dreams, dreams that I will remember for days and dreams that I happened years ago that I can still recall exactly what it looked like, what it felt like, what it smelled like. So I get very vivid dreams. And I have had a few instances where it it, it doesn't because, I mean, there are dreams biologically that are really just our brain, uh, I think, moving through the day and moving through everything in our imagination. So, there, but there are also dreams that are kind of tapping into that higher frequency and maybe getting messages from spirit or messages from your higher self or things like that. Um, so, I have had experiences like that, definitely. But just in general, my dreams are freaking wild. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the reason I asked is because I am a very vivid dreamer and I am the same way I can remember dreams from years ago and I can remember them for days and I can describe them perfectly. And it's always been something that I've never like dug into or tried to figure out like why it happens to me. Um, I recently listened to some podcast episode, I don't remember who it was, where they talked about, you know, what messages your dreams are trying to tell you. And I was like, this is so fascinating. I feel like I need to dig deeper into this because I am such a vivid dreamer. I also found it funny that that same podcast episode told me that if you smoke a lot of weed, that you don't dream as well. And Hmm. I'm like, I can't even imagine what my dreams would be like if I didn't smoke weed. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrifying to think about. Yeah. I always think it's
1: interesting because I can never explain my dreams to anybody. Like I only know the experience in my head and then I like almost forget about it. So when people can remember and explain their <laughs> dreams, I'm like, how are you doing this right now? I don't get it.
0: Yeah. But yeah, that I was know. a little off off topic. I apologize. I just had to ask somebody that was spiritually, spiritually, um, I don't know the in word. In tune. Or, in tune. Yeah. yeah about yeah. dreams because I it is something say- that interests me.
2: I would say you should just start writing them down. And I mean, my therapist has told me that for months and I keep forgetting to do it. So I'm kind of maybe need to do this practice with you. But I think the best place to start is to just write them down because that's when you can kind of start looking over it and seeing a habit of maybe certain um, imagery or trends that are happening because mm-hmm. there is people talk about like clairvoyance and things like that but another ability and another way to receive messages is through your dreams is just being tapped into that kind of channel so it might i would definitely kind of meditate on it more and just just be aware of them and see if anything sparks your eye when you're looking through it and working through that
0: yeah, I definitely used to do a dream journal. Um, not but I haven't never stuck with it like super consistently. But I was telling myself too that like, I need to start that back up for that reason. The only like thing I've ever figured out from my dreams was when I um before I left like my last career that I was in, um, I was having this recurring dream every night of this man chasing me. And then he would finally like catch me and I never like could put a face on him or anything. You know, he was just like this silhouette type man. And then he would catch me and then I would just beat the shit out of him (laughs) in my dream. (laughs) And this was the same dream I'd have over and over and over. And I did a lot of research at the time, like, what does this dream mean? And the only thing I could put together was that um, I was trying to avoid something that I needed to face. And like my dream was trying to tell me that. And what it was, what it ended up being was I was contemplating on leaving my career at the time and I like kept pushing it off, like having that conversation and making that decision. And as soon as I finally talked to my boss and left that job, the dream completely stopped and it's never been back.
2: I think that's so beautiful because that's such a good example of where sometimes we have these dreams and we either don't think much of them or we're just like, like oh yeah that's just kind of what it meant but really if you look back at it it's just that was really your highest self being like okay she's not listening to us Mm -hmm. saying this isn't a good idea she's not listening to that gut feeling that intuition we're gonna keep having this dream go through her mind every night where she's running for her life and maybe (laughs) that will get her to listen (laughs) like that this is not the life for her so I you know and my guides are really silly with me like the other day I was in my closet and I can't remember what I was doing. I was organizing or something and I just had this and I, I think I was walking around naked with like some weird thing on my head. Like I looked like a goof and then I just had this like epiphany come through and I started laughing in the closet. Like, are you serious? Like now's the moment where you give me this epiphany when I look like this, and I'm doing yeah. this. So I think sometimes our guides are really silly with us, and will, will not play tricks on us, but send us messages that aren't always this, like, beautiful, ah uh, like, zen message. Sometimes yeah. it's a dream where you're scared, and it's kind of annoying, and then you realize, like, okay, I get it. I'm listening. Thank you.
0: Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I love it. And it's definitely the whole spirituality thing. I'm, I feel like I have a little bit of it in me and I've just never like fully dove into like really grasp that and go down that path. So talking to you is obviously very interesting to me right now. <laughs> and I'm like going crazy. It's over almost
1: here. like you need to dive into this a little bit more. Know. <laughs> um so Sammy, something you shared with me before we actually recorded was that sobriety was the missing puzzle piece for you to reclaim your voice, your control, and your power, which I absolutely agree with in my personal life. But I'm curious like did this come naturally for you or what sort of helped you to reclaim these things in sobriety?
2: Yeah, that's a tough one because I think kind of what Jess was just saying as well, where she's like, I feel like I have this within me. I think we're all, it's natural for us to use our voice. It's natural for us to use our power. However, societal conditioning and the patriarchy and all of these years and years of conditioning on us has really pulled us away from that that natural ability and that natural instinct to just, because yourself, your, your highest self, your soul is powerful and full of just security and love and glow. But then the ego is what really brings in that insecurity and that fear and Years of conditioning have really pulled us away from ourself and into our ego. And so it's not easy. <laughs> it's natural, but it's not easy is kind of how I would answer that. Um, and what has really helped me was when I stopped drinking, it, it forced me again to, to not distract myself and to not numb myself. It forced me to sit with myself all the time and hear myself all the time. And when you have to hear yourself all the time, sometimes in the beginning, probably most of the time in the beginning, it's really frustrating because sometimes the things that you've been numbing and ignoring are exactly the things that you don't want to hear, but you need to hear. And so um, I think just the sobriety really forced me to sit with myself, listen, get comfortable with myself. And then from there kind of start to decipher what's myself, what's my ego, what do I really want? Who am I pretending to be for something else? um, And sobriety did that for me it made my voice louder because it quieted everything else around me and then to maintain that this will sound kind of wonky but I have to say acupuncture <laughs> I know that's like what what does that have to do with your voice I don't get it and my some of my co-workers will laugh because they'll be like Sam you're in a cult you talk about acupuncture so much but it honestly is so good <laughs> I have to tell everyone to at least try it it's not for everyone but little things like acupuncture and having Sober friends or creative friends, um, like friends who are really want to talk about uh, spirituality and vibe off each other and spending time with myself. Sometimes just the littlest things of self care are what uh, help you reclaim all the things that you think you've lost. They're right in front of you. It's just sometimes you need a little bit of support to find them.
0: I've tried acupuncture, I can second that it's absolutely amazing. Oh,
2: good. For a second. I was going to say you didn't like it. No,
0: I (laughs) I loved it. And unfortunately my insurance changed. And so I haven't been back in a while due to coverage issues, but oh my God. Yeah. I absolutely loved it while I was doing it. And, but I also feel like it is hard to sit still Mm
2: -hmm. in a thing like
0: that and just be stuck with your thoughts. And so people do find it really challenging. Whereas to me, I'm like, yes, put me in a room and make me listen to my own thoughts. Like that's kind of where I do best. (laughs) So like, I don't know. I loved the peacefulness of it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like a lot of the time we don't really give ourselves the opportunity to slow down and sit with our feelings and maybe we use alcohol to kind of bust through that or we just avoid that. So I love that you suggested things like acupuncture, in like small acts of self-care but also who you surround yourself with. And so I did kind of want to ask you cuz I know you just got back from like a sober music festival in Denver and I want to hear about your tips for partying sober because I feel like
2: you are amazing at this. Oh my god, I love a good party. <laughs> I I love a good party and so when I first stopped drinking I was really scared about losing that piece of me because growing up, I always felt so anxious and socially aware of like how my childhood, what was going on at home was, was really not what, I mean, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but I had a lot of pretty traumatic things happening. And I kept trying to project out this like perfect, fun, um, good vibe person. And I was really worried that I was going to lose that piece of me of the partying aspect because I kind of have had, I tiptoed into it through the partying of using alcohol and substances. So then going to sobriety, it was like, okay, how do you still party without using substances? And thank God for the NA beverage industry and plant medicine industry, because it makes it so much easier. And it's not for everybody. I mean, Not everyone wants, first of all, some people don't even like the taste of beer or wine or anything like that. So they're not even going to want to drink something that's NA, that's like a replica of it because they don't even get the point. They don't like the taste or it's going to be really triggering for some people and it's unsafe. It's not a safe tool to have in your toolbox. And for me, it's been really great because I'm able to come home and drink a beer or have a glass of wine and not feel like I'm compromising anything. And having those really good beverages and making really sexy and fun mocktails with all of those zero-proof beverages is great. And then the other piece, which is probably the most important, is the community aspect and the friends that you're around. Because if you're around people who um, you don't feel entirely comfortable with, you're not going to be able to really step into whatever energy you want to step into. And so I'm so blessed to be surrounded with the girlfriends that I am who all love a good party and all love being sober Mm -hmm. because it's really enabled us to support each other through it. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't go to my first party sober until I was like eight months in and I was pretty nervous the entire time. I tried not to have anxiety, but I did. Um, I did do shots of water with the girls while they were doing shots of vodka. This was before I had really like established my sober friend group because I still missed being a part of the party. But I was like, I'm not going to do a shot with you guys. I'm sober. So I would do shots of water. So little things like that where I'm kind of still doing the ritual and the fun things. But that was kind of the beginning. Nowadays, I I would never I don't think I'd really ever sit there with people taking shots. Um, Again, I guess it just depends on your community. But you want to party sober, find the right beverages that will make you feel good, not just mentally, but physically and find the right people that will do exactly the same thing.
1: Yeah. That's so great.
0: So I'm curious, um, what was the festival that you went to? You said it was a sober festival. What was it called? I've, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of it.
2: Yeah. So it's called sundown. Um, my friend Tori, who runs the retired party girl, they had reached out to her and let her know, hey, we're um, promoting this event. We're having this in Denver. Like, we'd love to have you be on the team. And she reached out to me because I went to college in Denver. I lived there for five years. It's one of my favorite places. I mean, I literally cry every time the plane lands. Aww. So I was pumped. I was <laughs> like, okay, we're going, like, a 100%. But it was really cool. It was um, – in Rhino district at the fairgrounds, if anyone listening is familiar with Denver and they had um, some DJs there and they also had a bunch of booths. They had sober bars. There's a bar there in Denver called awake. And so they were kind of the bar vendor there and they had kin and different CBD drinks and uh, free wine was there as well. They had a booth and they were partnered with this uh, health facility. I don't know, um, who they were, but they were giving away like B12 shots and D3 shots, Ugh. like literally shots in your arm. So cool. And like you could pay for them or you could do I'd be spin so thing. into that. I got a D3 shot. I was a little nervous, but I was like, well, fuck it. I want it. So I guess we're going to try it. Um, so it was very interesting. There was kind of a wide range of different things all around health and wellness, but overall so much fun. I'm so yeah. glad that we went. And the coolest thing was that we met um, another group of people there who were all our age. we met this group of guys who were, um, the youngest one was 21. And I think the oldest one was about 28. So kind of a, a wide range. And we just, we met with them and we, we sat and talked with them kind of about all of our sober journeys. And then we all just danced and like shuffled and had the best time in front of the stage. And it was a beautiful moment of realizing how much bigger the community is than what you realize. Because I think most of my community has been built through Instagram. And then going to an event like this and seeing everyone in person, there was actually a guy I went to college with in Denver who's sober now who went, and I was like, I didn't know you were going. This is so cool. So, ten out of ten would recommend. That's so fun.
0: Can I ask? Because um, obviously we know it was alcohol free. Was it was like it completely sober, or yes. like were people like smoking weed? Or I'm just curious. No, completely sober. <laughs> yeah. Completely sober. Okay, mm-hmm. that's really cool. I love that. I know I saw
1: um that festival and I was like this is such a genius idea. We need more things like this. And like the sober bars like the one you guys went to, I just think it's
2: so amazing.
0: So um next year uh, we'll see you in Denver, Sammy, when we we'll uh, come to this festival?
2: Yes, we need to mob out everybody. We need to basically we need to book a whole plane everybody so from Seattle cool. has got to get there.
0: Oh, my God. That'd be amazing.
2: That would be, yeah. So much We're fun. We're
0: definitely going to that, Haley. Okay. Like,
1: I actually, I need to talk to you about going to this other Retired Party Girl event because we they're roller skating. I Sammy, are that. you going I to I saw this?
2: that. I'm not sure yet. I'm hoping that I will, but I've still got to look at my schedule and everything and see if it lines up. It's in
0: October, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. I just... Jessica hadn't replied to me about going. So I figured I'd call her. Out on I definitely episode. saw it.
0: I was at work. And so, and then I was like, okay, we'll talk about this later. So I just didn't reply. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: okay. So Sammy, you also have a business called the soul bar. And so I, I'm wondering if you can just tell us a little bit about the soul bar and what really sparked your vision for starting your business.
2: Yeah. So It really came from what I was talking about earlier of being afraid of losing this fun party aspect of myself. And so when I stopped drinking, I immediately probably like one month in, this was in, I stopped drinking in December of 2019. So this was like January of 2020, February of 2020. I immediately was just like uh, looking on Google, any wine, any beer, like any spirits just immediately was what are my options? Is there anything out there? that's not a Pepsi or a LaCroix that I can drink. And um, I found some good options. And so I started ordering them by the caseload, like, and it's, it's good stuff. So it's not cheap. You know, you're paying for higher quality ingredients, especially with the plant medicine and the CBD drinks. And so I would buy cases and cases because the only thing I could buy it from at that point in time, like a year and a half ago was online. And so, I would get them delivered. And most of them I loved most of them. I was like, wow, this is great. I definitely order it again. I don't really need 30 of them, but you know, this is good. And I did that. And probably after like my fifth case arriving, cause I did NA wine, I did a spirit, a CBD drink. I was sitting there at my desk doing work from home. Cause at this point we were deep into the pandemic. It was now spring of 2020 and I was cracking open my CBD beverage And I remember just being, thinking to myself, can I order a box for this? Like, is there a subscription box? There's a subscription box for wine, for beer, for shaving cream. There's got to be something out there. And at that point in time, when I had Googled it, there was nothing. And I just thinking, that's really, I was like, that's stupid. (laughs) Like, what? Like, there's wine, beer, and everything else, but there's not something for beverages that don't have alcohol in them. And um, so I kind of talked to my family about it. I was like, this would be good and didn't really think much of it because I work full time at a, at a Fortune 500 company in global buying. So I've got like a lot on my plate. I kind of just was like, oh, that's a good idea, moving on. Um, and then I remember telling two of my friends, both who lived in different states, who were both sober, didn't know each other. And the first thing they said when I told them was, I just got chills. And when they said wow. that, I was like, uh, okay. All right. So we have to do this. Like this. <laughs> okay. This is going to take a lot of work, but apparently, this is what my path is. <laughs> like, again, sometimes I'm resistant to my guides. I'm like, all right, I'm hearing you. I don't really want to, but I will. So at that point is when I decided to kind of dive deep and launch it.
1: Yeah. And so is the Soul Bar, it is launched right now. You can go to your website and get a couple beverages, right? But your subscription box is still coming.
2: Yeah. So the subscription box, we are wanting to open for pre-sale in October for Sober October and really kind of line it up with the holiday season as well as dry January. Right now we do have some items up. Um, So we have some cases of beverages that I really liked and product that will be in the boxes as well as some merchandise is uh, for sale on the website. So there are a few things that are up and running, but we're not entirely launched yet, but we will be this year. So I'm really excited to finally get that after clearly this came to me over a year and a half ago. And I literally thought I was going to launch this in like four months. Like I I, got the idea in April of 2020. I registered the LLC in August and I was like, you're going to be launched by December, And then here I am almost a year later. And I was like, wow, entrepreneurship's hard. It is. I'm
1: honestly, I'm totally in the same boat with my business. It's so overwhelming sometimes. And I know like having your own business can feel really overwhelming and challenging. And it's like you hit these roadblocks and you have to have the belief in yourself and you have to show up every day. So I'm curious, actually, what helps you keep the vision alive with your business when these roadblocks do come up?
2: I would say it takes a lot of patience, a lot of grounding, and a lot of praying and then listening. So I've had many a breakdown in the last couple months of this, of feeling very stuck, very resistant. I get in that ego mindset of, you should have launched this moons ago. You should already be doing this and this and this. Um, And then I have to take a second and pause and kind of remember that that's my ego that's telling me all of these things. That's not myself. That's not my soul. That's not what my guides, what the universe, what everything around me is telling me. And and who am I to say that this has to be done in X amount of time? Who am I to say that cuz I had this idea that suddenly 4 months later it needed to be this huge thing that was launched, you know? That's your ego. And that's your ego telling you, if you don't do it the next amount of time, you're failing. You're not good enough. This wasn't even a good idea. Nobody wants it. You can't do this, etc. And so the way that I take a step back, because just because I uh, am very in tune doesn't mean I'm not in tune all the time. I just need to make sure everybody knows that, that you will never be in this state of blissful connection to spirit 100% of the time. It does not work like that it doesn't. That's not what the human experience is about. So when I do get stuck in those moments of feeling really shitty and inadequate, I just have to remind myself of kind of like the things that I just told you was how from the very first moment, my friends got chills, two different people. That's a sign. When I needed help, I quite literally went full witch mode like a year ago and knew I needed help with the business. So I wrote a letter to the universe, like pen to paper, dear universe. <laughs> I need help. This is what I need. Wrote down who I need, said, I need somebody by November 2020. And then I burned it under the moon like a witch.
1: (laughs) I love this. I
2: stood there on my patio like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. I'm burning this. And then I forgot about it because you know the best part of manifesting is surrendering. And by November 20th, Nicole had reached out to me and said, hey, like, I'm a writer, and I'm in the sober industry, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow. And I hadn't remembered that I'd done that until a few months later when her and I were talking on the phone. I looked at my mantle, saw the jar that this half-burned note was in, and was like, holy shit, wow. wow. <laughs> and so when I get in those moments of feeling really like resistant, and I'm stuck in quicksand, and I'm not doing it quick enough, I just like have to slow down and remember, I have been supported every single step of the way every single step. And I just have to have patience and grace and flow, just keep flowing. And as soon as, whenever I start to push myself too hard, I get really resistant. And that's when I'm like, Oh, you're in your ego. Take a step back. So.
1: Yeah. I find myself having to kind of affirm that the universe is working for me and it's Mm -hmm. working through me when I kind of hit those challenges. And I think that what you shared is so beautiful, like your spiritual practices and kind of how they tie into your business, which I did want to ask you about, is how your spiritual practice ties into your business. So is there anything else that you kind of do spiritually within your
2: business, aside from what you just shared with us? Yeah, so I would say, you know, the business has been built upon I guess my spiritual practice from the very beginning, like what I just shared with you as well of literally calling in one of my people on my team and things like that. So little things like that are ways in which I run my business as well as um, I would say, sometimes I pull tarot cards, honestly, like I'll ask for questions, like whatever it is I need to know. And then I'll pull some cards. I don't know exactly what the cards mean right away. I, I have to read the book that has the definitions in them because I'm not as um, educated on tarot as I am astrology. We're like
1: nodding our heads like,
2: yes, Mm -hmm. we have to do this too. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, I don't really know what this says right away, but let me see. I'll Google it. Like, what does this mean? And so things like that of when I'm just kind of needing help or needing support or guidance. But other than that, I think the mission of the business is really just being your highest self of connecting to your highest self because the soul bar is a bar. This sounds so corny. This is the first way I described it to my family when I was pitching the idea was <laughs> hence the name. It is the bar for your soul. Like it's it's just for your soul. And when you go to a bar, you go for fun, you go for good drinks, community, socializing, and that's exactly what the soul bar is. But we're doing that for your soul and not for your ego. We're giving you healthy drinks, drinks that will make you feel good, feel sexy, fun, free, wild, relaxed, whatever it is without any of the poison and the ethanol in it, but with plant medicine or things like that. And um, we've got some events in the pipeline that I'm really excited about. So like bar events where you can socialize and meet people and do healing work, but you're not doing it through I don't know, grinding on a stranger that you're going to regret in the morning, maybe not regret it to each their own. Like you might love that. It's totally fine. But you're not going to be making these um, decisions that you're going to wake up feeling out of alignment. You're going to wake up being like, wow, that sound bowling session was really good last night. (laughs) Like I made some good friends. So I'd say the whole company is like (laughs) spiritual is just all too relatable (laughs) it's everywhere
0: you're allowing space for people to make genuine connections with each other which is not necessarily what happens at a bar when you're throwing shots back you know by the end of the night yeah you may have met some people but did you really make genuine connections with those people no they all saw you like you all saw a different side of each other
2: yeah like how many of us really became best friends with that girl in the bathroom? (laughs) let's be honest never seen her
0: since (laughs) let's take a quick break and talk about our sponsor for today's episode feeling imperfect insecure or inadequate how do you show kindness self-acceptance gratitude and compassion towards yourself every day mental health is a journey and switch research delivers expert guidance along the way Their mission is to provide you with effective, easily accessible mental health resources to help you become a happier, more resilient you. Switch Research partners with psychologists, clinical therapists, researchers, psychiatrists, and more who have years of academic and clinical experience under their belt to provide evidence-based journals and digital work courses. I got their journal a few months or a few weeks ago now, and it's a journal that you do every day and i can just say like it is so amazing i'm such a journal person though so i'm just like i love having the prompts to like do um i can't decide if i like doing it in the morning or the night better i just really can't make up my mind i've kind of switched between the two but i just really like it because it's just some place i can get all of my thoughts down in a, and I have a hard time with like the blank journals, right? Because mm-hmm. I have so many thoughts and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. But it. this has like the perfect prompts. It's all about self love and like learning to love yourself, learning to like take care of yourself. It's just literally perfect. But you can transform negative thoughts into self love. And you can actually use our code social soul 20 today at switchresearch.org and get 20% off of your purchase. And now let's go back to the episode.
1: So you kind of mentioned a little bit of what's in store for the Soul Bar, but is there anything that you want to share that you're excited about creating in the near future?
2: Yeah, so kind of speaking of the Denver Music Festival that we just went to, I literally before Tori had let me know that this was going on, I had just been kind of reaching out to some DJs in Seattle. Like I want to throw a sober rave because I love parties. So I'm really hoping to do something like that in Seattle, um, which would be really, really fun. That's like my big dream in the next couple months of partnering with some DJs here and kind of planning that. But otherwise we've got, um, The boxes are going to be launching here shortly. We do have another confirmed event that will be happening in early January. I, when more information will be confirmed, I will have that released on the website. But um, what I can say is that in early January, we will be hosting an event called um, Sober is Sexy Boudoir. So we have a photo shoot studio and a photographer And um, Sexy AF Spirits is sponsoring it. So we are kind of doing a fun, sober, sexy, like feel your sensuality and your femininity and all of that photo shoot in January just in time for Valentine's Day and Galentine. So things like that are what you're going to be seeing the more of with the Soul Bar is our e-commerce as well as in-person events that really tie in that community aspect and that space for stepping into any and everything that's healing and authentic and good.
0: I've been wanting some boudoir photos. So I guess now's my time coming up. Girl, we got you. Yes.
1: I love that you have sexy AF spirits like sponsoring the event it's too. Amazing! It's just works so perfectly. That's I know. Amazing. Aren't they
2: perfect? I, when I started planning the event, I reached out to them and I was like, there's nobody else I can think of but you. They were like, yes, Too this perfect. is a perfect fit. I was like, yep, let's do it.
1: <laughs> um, so, we're going to wrap it up with some rapid fire questions. But before we do that, can you tell our listeners where they can find information about the Soul Bar and where they can connect with you online?
2: Yeah. So, you can go onto our website, thesoulbar.com. We've got our story there, some blurbs about the team, um, our online shop is there, as well as our journal. Our journal is where we kind of just post things that we're talking about, interested in, things like that. We also have Instagram. Instagram is where you can connect with us, send us DMs. We do Soul Speaks Lives. That's kind of our IGTV series. We post infographics, things like that. We also have a Spotify that we started recently because I love music. So we do playlists on there, and all of that information can be found on our website or on our Instagram, which is thesoulbar.co, and the website's thesoulbar.com.
1: Perfect.
2: Thank you. Okay, so we like to end the episodes,
1: our guest episodes, with some rapid-fire questions. and. The first one, I actually kind of switched up for you, but I'm curious what your go-to non-alcoholic beverage is.
2: I hope I say this correctly, but Raspberry Ghost. I don't know if it's goes or goss, but it's a kind of beer from Bravas Brewing. It's so good, and I'm so excited to drink it now that it's going to be fall again because it kind of has a cidery taste to it, but that's my absolute go-to of all time favorite any beverage.
0: Okay, let's back up here. What was the name of that brewery? Because I, I'm i actually one of those weird people that actually enjoys the taste of beer. And so yeah. I'm always looking for any beers that actually taste like beer and taste it's
2: good. so good. It's called Bravas Brewing. So B-R-A-V-U-S. Okay.
0: And I think you're right. I think the way you said that, I think that it's right. The raspberry. What'd you say? Raspberry. I
2: think I said Goss. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to repeat it. I, think I don't it know how long. to say
0: that. I don't know how to say that correctly, actually. So if you're listening and you know how to say that correctly, you just let us know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> send funny. us an audio recording, please. <laughs> you're like, I don't
0: want to repeat it. <laughs> okay. Um, second question, which we actually didn't ask you when we were kind of talking about this stuff earlier, but what is your horoscope sign?
2: My sun sign is in Cancer.
0: And then you can say your uh, moon sign and your rising sign too if you want.
2: Yeah. My moon is in Libra and my rising is in Leo. So sometimes I come across as very confident and secure and that's that that rising Leo energy. Um, but then you have my cancer crab who's sometimes can get very insecure and like kind of pinchy if you touch me a little too much I like crawl back into my shell and I'm like ah I need to hermit like that's actually what I tell my friends when I need to go into time away I'm like I'm hermiting for the next month so I
1: feel that yeah I feel like I need to do that after social interaction so often
0: I'm pretty sure my rising is cancer if I remember right which is I don't even know Apparently, I come off pinchy. No,
2: <laughs> maybe, but I think the other things about cancer are that you're very loyal, nurturing, um, kind of that homebody atmosphere, and that that motherly instinct of just being really loving and caring, and and very uh, sensitive and, and empathic and comforting, and things like that.
0: You're so sweet. Thank you for making me feel better about it yeah. right there
2: you're (laughs) You're like I can't leave
0: this girl thinking that she comes off as pinchy (laughs) (laughs) I
2: I gotta get her something else here (laughs) you're soft
1: (laughs) this is so beautiful you guys I love it (laughs) okay so I know that you live in Seattle but if you do you have a preference for climate like do you like hot weather cold weather what do you prefer yeah
0: cold give me the snow okay ouch rough (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> I just can't even understand it
1: <laughs> I think it's beautiful I seriously love when it snows in Seattle and just watching the snow on the trees I just think it's so magical and seeing the mountains and all of that I think it's beautiful yeah okay
0: so are you an introvert or an extrovert do you classify as either
2: No, I would say I'm a little bit of both. Like I'm pretty social and outgoing, but at the same time, I really need my time alone to recharge. I take a lot of recharging time. That's for sure.
0: Makes sense. We do too. Good. Okay. And last
2: question. Do you have any sort of pet peeves? Yeah. um, It's when people eat loud. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) I, I can't do it. It's like if I hear you chewing, I just – I really have to do my my best to do some deep breathing and to uh, not say something. And it's (laughs) not that I – maybe I eat loud too, you know? Like I'm not saying I don't. I have no idea. I try to be aware of it. But if I hear someone else doing it, it can be so aggravating. I've gotten better at it. But um, when I was younger, I used to literally hold my hand out to my friends who were chewing gum and they would put their gum in my hand because I was like – Privileges cut off. We're not <laughs> You're like stop smacking your gum. Like, I can't do it. I'm sorry, but I've gotten better at it. But it definitely is my biggest pet peeve. I am
1: always. I always get self conscious if I think that I can hear myself eating too. Yeah. I will just be like, oh my god, like I need to go seclude myself right now. I hope nobody is super annoyed. Right, my mom You're used to hate chips. it.
2: You're yeah, like eating chips next to someone and you're slowly chomping your feet or your feet, your um Damn. teeth down because you're so worried that it's like really, really loud outside and people are going to be looking at you.
0: <laughs> you That's know, great. I'll be honest. I feel like I might be a loud chewer because I've never <laughs> thought about this before. <laughs>
1: my mom used to yell at us kids she would literally just give us a look the look was all we needed she used to do the gum thing too Sammy where she'd look at people and be like can you spit your gum out but yeah yeah.
2: Yeah. that's what I learned too is like it's a my mom was exactly the same way so Jess I wonder if your parents weren't like that and maybe that's why we're so attuned to like paying attention to it and hearing it and seeing it because our parents taught us that that was not okay. And that that was bad.
0: Yeah. I think the only thing that we were ever told was like, don't, um, do like the slurping your soup thing. Like that's annoying. Yeah. Um, cause you know, like that's always fun to do when you're little slurp your soup. But other than that, I don't really remember any loud chewing conversations, but God, now I'm going to have to have Haley tell me if I'm a loud chewer, you're going to have to sit with me next meal. I'll and- give
2: you the look. <laughs> tell me. I'll give you the look. <laughs> this was such a lovely way to end the episode. (laughs) Everybody, your homework is to listen to yourself eat. (laughs) Or record yourself eating. Yeah, record it and listen back. And if it's loud, (laughs) awareness is the first step to Uh. healing.
1: (laughs) That's a great way to wrap it up. Thank you so much for being here with us today. This was so beautiful and I love Mm -hmm. everything that you shared. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank
2: yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you, Sammy, me. for
0: being here. Um, I hope that we, well, I don't know, you and Haley haven't met in person yet. Have you?
2: Not yet, yeah. but we hopefully will soon. Yeah. I, I was going to say,
0: hopefully we all meet in person someday soon since we're not that far from you.
2: I love
1: it. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in.